Hi, this is Bill Prater, and welcome to Business Builder Show, where we feature champions of their respective industries from all over the planet. Our mission is to provide you with timely, provocative, and actionable insights that inspire, promote, and accelerate your quest for business excellence. Today's episode is, Why Do Businesses Succeed? with Rocco Baldessari. And Rocco is best known as the founder of Zebra Advertising. And as the CEO and the public face of his company, his main responsibility is consulting with clients to help them customize their advertising strategies. Rocco was awarded Microsoft's Most Valuable Professional for his consulting work with Bing Ads, And frankly, he's the youngest person and the only marketer to ever get that award. His digital marketing agency manages over $2 billion in ad spend, and he's the three-time Google Partners All-Star winner and a Stevie Award winner as well. His clients include people like Facebook, Google, Microsoft, Yellow Pages, Thompson, Rooters, and many, many more, but I don't have time to list them all. So, Rocky, it's great. I mean, Rocco, it's great to have you with us. And my first question is, who do you serve? So, we work pretty much with medium and large size companies. Uh, we are not the typical marketing agencies. We are more of a operational consultant. We go beyond the task that is just consulting a business on their marketing needs. We really understand in depth their operations because I come from a school of thought that really teaches me that you cannot really advertise a business unless you understand what goes on behind the scenes. That's kind of our secret sauce that helps us get where we are and helps our clients be successful. So these clients of yours, I know they're they, some of them are gigantic and some are a little bit smaller. But I imagine they have a, a, common, a, a common problem, and you kind of touched on it, I think, a little bit. So a common problem that your unique positioning helps them solve, and what is the problem they share? Yeah, so usually when a customer comes to us, they clearly want to generate more sales for the business, right? Now, the biggest the entry barrier for most of the customers in my space is the fact that you are coming in as an external consultant, so you clearly don't know what's going on in their business. On the other hand side, the reason why they probably want to hire you is because you probably have some knowledge, some expertise, or some skill set that they do not have internally. So there you have two things that technically contradict each other. On one hand, the need for somebody that understands the business. On the other hand, the need for somebody that is better skilled or knows more or just brings a, a pair of fresh eyes to the, to the business. What we do is we make sure to become part of that business, meaning that we understand exactly how the business operates and literally create our campaigns, create our consulting strategy around that to make sure that it fits within the business goals. As a result of that, what we usually notice is that many clients come to me and say, Rocco, I don't know how, but to do the work of somebody that works nine to five in a week, uh, 40 hours a week, basically, you do that in five hours instead. That's where me understanding the business and me bringing the extra knowledge 
get me to cut a lot of the time that is unnecessary and focus on the really important thing and bring the right value to the business rather than just doing a task that can be done internally very easily. So you touched on this a little bit and you identified the problem and what you do to solve it. What maybe you might be able to do to kind of make, you know, kind of put a kind of a wrapper around that. Can you think of a, a case study of somebody that you'd help if you that you've helped? Tell us, you know, what it was that they had, what attracted them to you, and then how you went about helping them create the strategic positioning that you just mentioned. Yes, you got I'm one gonna, in mind that you could share with us? Yeah, I'm going to actually give you an example of a business I ended up acquiring a share of. Okay, great. This business came to me two years ago. They had an absolutely amazing product. The product worked. The product generated results for every single client buying it. But for whatever reason, they were not able to sell much of it. Uh, we are talking about the $500 product that is in the weight loss category that is FDA approved. And it was, in addition to all of that, also picked up by TV show nine years ago. After all of that, they were able to only sell a couple of units a month. Right around the time they contacted me, I think it was December 2018, I had been just listing on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. And the owner of the company was like, hey, we are very small, we really need your help. To which I gave them a pricing, they found the pricing was too high. Conversation ended there. Now, in summer 2020, the same person contacted me and he was like, look, I'm re uh, I really need your help but I cannot afford your services. And not that my services were very expensive, it's just the company wasn't selling enough, right? So imagine that went on for nine years. So clearly they didn't have cash to invest in. So my thought was, what if I work for free for you? I just want 15% of the business. What I can help with is, first of all, taking care of all of your marketing, helping you connect with your audience and find the right audience, but more importantly, I will bring operational intelligence to your business, starting from supply chain to automating everything that goes on behind the business, making sure that everything is taken care of. All you got to worry about is supply chain. And we can make it up. In the business growth is $500,000 a month. And then happened in less than a year, by, by, by three months, we had already $100,000 in sales per month. So there, they tried, before contacting me, 25 marketing agencies. All of the marketing agencies focused on the marketing side of things. I focused on the operational side of things, understanding how the product works, understanding who the product is for. Now I became part of the business and understand that market the product. The product is literally selling like crazy right now. And it has proven me that the marketing approach I use is the right one. Now, this acquisition strategy, I kept using it over time. I just acquired a business last month, same situation. They just, to scale their operation, they need a lot of operational intelligence. But this is also part of me not only being interested in being a serial entrepreneur, but being interested in investing my own money in marketing. Because I believe that all marketing agencies that say they can deliver, well, I'm investing my money on my product, on my website, and I'm delivering results. That means I have 
now was the experience of the client side that nobody has. Now I'm my own client and I understand the impact of my work and how it affects the company. And this brings me another competitive badge that I can use from a marketing standpoint when I market my services. That's fantastic. So you touched on this competitive edge point. And before you and I started our interview, I said to you, you know, wow, you're in a very red ocean. There's zillions of people that call themselves digital marketing agencies. So in addition to your willingness to invest your own money, how, what is the, in a, in a sentence or two, what is the difference competitively between working with Zebra and working with somebody else from New York City, if you will? When you hire Zebra advertisement, you are literally bringing a C-level executive on your company. That's the difference. Literally. Yeah, he is absolutely right. You and I talk about another person very dear to me that does exactly the same thing. Positioning yourself strategically with your customer is an entirely different thing than being a commodity vendor, if you will. So what I'd like to do now, Rocco, I, I realize that at some point in time, you didn't own Zebra. So give us sort of the story of how you decided to start your business, what some of the major wins that you had, what were some of the major failures you had, and what were the lessons you've learned. And so just kind of start at the beginning if, you would, if you'd be kind enough to do so, and then I'll just, from time to time, sort of ask some clarification types of questions. Of course. So this, this story goes back now. I'm 32 right now, so it goes back 11 years. So, oh, probably 12, but give or take. So, I, I'm, I'm not American, I didn't live in America, and I was going to school in Italy for my bachelor. As part of my bachelor, there was an opportunity to, instead of completing a bachelor in four years, which is how long it lasts in Italy, to complete it in two years. If I would have completed it in two years with a 3.8 GPA, I would have qualified for a second degree, for a second bachelor in the United States, which would have been funded by my Italian college. So this is like a affiliated university? Okay. okay. So long story short, I managed to do that. I flew to Boston, studying Northeastern for my second bachelor and a master of science. While being there, I also had an internship at a very large company that ended up being my client as well after starting a marketing agency. And I realized like that I love this country. However, in my stupid mind of a 20 year old, my dream was to be successful in Italy. In addition to that, I had no papers to stay in the United States at a student visa, so I had to go sure. back, right? Yeah. So I flew back to Italy and I did another master's. So now we are the, my fourth study title because I wanted to figure out what I wanted to do. I got a lot of job offers but they were all for positions that they pretty much told me, I remember a bank telling me, we are not going to hire you because you have ambition. We don't want people that speak too much. Other companies that just were, they were not got good job offers. And in Italy, just to give you a comparison, my parents are, my dad is a neurosurgeon. He earns $8,000 a month. Now, imagine how much a marketing guy earns in Italy, right? Right. a $1,000 a month if you're lucky. And I was like, I didn't study for bachelor. 
who end up earning a thousand dollars a month. So I started thinking and it came down to two options. I either was gonna get into trading because I studied finance as a minor and I liked it a lot, but then something sparked in my mind and I realized that digital marketing is like trading. You're trading real time, real money for immediate results for firms. Now, trading is much harder to get into. Digital marketing, everybody does that. My first goal was to market to Italian hotels and figure out ways to help them attract tourists from abroad. From abroad. So why, how, how did you decide on hotels? You just, one day a little intuition came into your mind? Well, my goal, my thought was, if Italy is like, when it comes to digital marketing, 10 years behind the United States. Okay. And they rely heavily on booking.com for their okay. hotel stuff. So my thought was, what if I can create an affordable package for hotels so I can help them attract customers, not through booking. And booking has a very hefty fees for hotels. I think it's like 20 or 25% of the booking. Okay. okay. So long story short, I called in a month over 1,500 hotels myself. I signed up zero customers and I was like, oh my goodness, it's a nightmare start. But then another light kind of switched on in my brain. I was like, wait, I'm working in a country where they think if you are not with white hair, you are not good enough because you don't know enough, even though that doesn't make sense because digital marketing is something you need to be young to understand. I decided to only work with American customers. I completely dropped my Italian dream clientele and I went to anybody within the United States. I didn't care if they sold ice creams or cell phones, I didn't care. As I was working on that, my company started to pick up quite aggressively. Again, I, I always said right now, my biggest skill is that I'm at sea level working with a company. Back in the day when I didn't have the skill set, what really moved me ahead is the marketing intuition I have. Somehow I always know what the right thing to do for a business is when it comes to marketing. And I always had that intuition. It's like, you know, everybody has their talents, I guess. So long story short, uh, it came to the point where I was working from 6 a.m. to 2 a.m. because there was a time difference involved. Oh, sure, right. This is when I called a lawyer that was referred to me and I was like, hey, I want to move to the United States. Now, give or take, that was eight years ago. I, to, I literally, uh, that day I will never forget in my life, I had to invest $150,000, which is every penny I had, into opening a company and, and getting a mortgage for a condo because this is part of the process to be able to get an investor visa. The day I was about to do the payment, in the middle of the night, I get an email thanking me for my transfer from PayPal because my money was on PayPal because I couldn't send it from an Italian bank because I was in Germany at the time. Long story short, my money was stolen from somebody in Pakistan that had hacked my PayPal account. So two weeks later, I managed to recover the funds. I started making all the payments. A few months later, there I am in the U.S with an office, one employee, and uh, pretty much ready to go. From there, it has been like always like a growth for me because being in the country has helped me a lot. 
and usually like people uh, always get to like me when I work with them because of the approach I have I'm direct I don't if I make mistakes I admit it if I think they're doing something stupid I'm blunt and tell them right away so it, it worked well for me. Then eventually got on Forbes in the 30 under 30 list. I was the first Italian getting on that list ever. So my, in my country, oh, like okay. newspapers start writing about that. So long story short, it went very well. And uh, from there, I realized one thing. The first thing was I felt very uncomfortable pitching myself to customers without telling them, oh, by the way, I own my own company, I advertise my own money, I know what I'm talking about. Because I always believe that somebody shouldn't sell a service that they haven't succeeded at themselves. Because my, my thought is, if all marketing agencies are so good, why is nobody a millionaire and close the agency because they're doing very well with their product? And that great has, insight, uh, yeah, great insight. Yeah, and that has always bugged me. It has always bothered me because I'm like, yeah, that's so great. Why don't I have an e-commerce store? Why don't I do this and that? So that's when I started looking. I didn't want to necessarily get involved with getting a warehouse because, you know, that will take all of my time. So that's what I understood. I needed to partner up with other firms that were not doing so great and bring them very I asked. The company I acquired went from the verge of bankruptcy to the owner buying three homes, two of them vacation homes, a huge mansion, right? So a success story, but where I am part of the story, and I can say, I know what I'm doing. And that's what I always tell my clients. When they tell me, oh, we're speaking with other agencies, I tell them, make sure that they show you numbers on companies they own, because if they're so good, they will be making money this other way. And that's basically my story in a nutshell. So, so you, you mentioned one employee, and now you've got a couple more than one. So, yeah. how did how did you go about finding people? How how what sort of turnover did you find? Did you find that it was uh, difficult to find or simple to find people that embraced your unique way of running an agency? Tell us about that. I only had two people change jobs from there. When I, that I hired in the last eight years, right? I do have one limitation when it comes to employees, which I will touch on when it comes, if you are interested to, but pretty much I look for people. I do not care, I do not, I don't care their experience. I'm training them. I'm happy to train everything that they need to do. All I care about is that they have the intuition. As long as they have that, as I was given opportunities just out of college with my marketing agency, I will make sure to make great employees out of them. But I definitely like to find people that I can uh, train in a way that they understand my way of doing marketing, my way of doing business. And that's for me the most important thing. So do, do you have an office or people spread around working out of their homes? How do you run your business from, from, if you will, a real estate standpoint. We have like in there 10 seats, but and whoever wants can just book it and come and work from there. Okay. However, since COVID, people have noticed that their couch is more comfortable. And I always told my employees, as long as you get your job done, as I don't care where you work from. You can be on a cruise ship, you can be inside a pool with a floating table, just do your job well. So I'm thinking about closing the office because 
literally, I'm the only one in the office right now. And basically, the job, so I don't mind that, but you know, it's, with COVID, I think there has been a big shift toward people understanding the value of I'm done with work, I can do this other thing. I don't need to drive anymore. So I think that, that, that was about time because the, the only reason why I initially had an office was because people, clients, they thought if you didn't have an office, you weren't a good company. But now the perception sure. yeah. is gone. Yeah, that's definitely changed for the better. Yeah. So, so how about clients? Did you, do you have some unique way, Rocco, of attracting clients to you? Do they, is it through referral? Do you do your own advertising for yourself? Give us a little story about your client acquisition methodology. This is usually either referral or they rent something that I brought online. Reason being that it's, this is not a market where you advertise your agency and you get the great clients, right? Particularly large clients, it never works that way. So for us, referral is a big element. But I also, one of the reasons why I am expanding into owning my own businesses or shares of my own businesses is because I have noticed that, to be honest with you, I want to pick and choose my clients. I do not want to work with a client just because, oh, it's a good addition to my bottom line, right? which is eventually what everybody does, right? Because you need to meet your goals and everything else. So my goal is by the next five years to at least own another eight companies or partially own another eight companies and marketing will be my hobby. I don't need to do marketing because I, I want to generate additional revenue. I will do marketing because it's fun for me and the, the client is a perfect fit. And then also because but everybody that doesn't say that is lying to you. Turnover is incredibly high for a marketing agency because they might acquire a company, change the marketing manager. It doesn't need to be because they're doing a bad job. They can ju just change something in management and they say, I want to bring my friend to do the marketing. And, and then all of a sudden, you need to rebuild an income stream. And that's very stressful. I don't want to be stressed while I work. Good. Good. So what's the, what's the major roadblock that you see in front of you and your, your quest to build this, uh, let's call it your little mini empire of being a, uh, like all, almost like a private equity fund. So what's the major roadblock you have right now that you're fighting? Uh, I think the major roadblock is finding the right companies that are, are open to change because what I've learned by doing 11 years in marketing is that what make, like what makes a company successful is what is happening in the operational side. They could be as easy as what happened to me with another company I, I, that I'm working on acquiring part of, where I was like, why on earth don't you offer a payment plan? And he was like, can you do that? And I was like, of course you can do that. And he was like, this is the most basic recommendation I can do for you to bring this business to be a $2 million business a month. And they were like shocked by the recommendation. And that was basic, right? And you won't be, you would be surprised by the larger the company is, the more operational issues they have because of the size of the company. That's the biggest challenge, finding companies that are open to it and they have the understanding that processes need to be 
uh, make it made better. It's like when your wife tells you need to do something better and you think you're doing it perfect anyway, right? That never like, happens. That never yeah, right? happens. <laughs> that never happens. So, so Rocco, tell us, how would the people listening to us right now, how, how can they reach out, get a hold of you, potentially discuss with you how they might uh, hire you as their, uh, if you will, fractional, fractional marketing uh, man, uh, chief, chief marketing, uh, chief revenue officer, something similar? How would they go about getting hold of you? It's very easy. You can either go on zebraadvertisement.com, but there's a way to contact us there. Or just add me on LinkedIn with my full name, Rocco Alberto Baldassare. I'm sure this podcast is going to have my name in there. And I check it personally at least uh, once a day to make sure that if somebody reaches out, I can reach back to them. So I've asked you a few questions, but I'm guessing that there's probably one that you were waiting for me to ask, and I didn't ask it. So what is that question that I didn't ask? Rocco, and what's the answer to that? I would feel the question is, is how can somebody else do that for their own company? And this at least would be the question I would have asked myself. Okay, so give us that answer. And the best answer is you need to look at your company and without any emotional attachment to it, you step out of that company and you ask yourself, what would I do to improve it if this company was my customer? And that's the step you need to take if you want your company to start becoming even more successful or start producing the revenue you want to produce. That's fantastic. My man, thanks very much for your fantastic visit with us. I enjoyed it immensely. I love the mission you're on. I like the idea of you taking fractional interest in in your clients and your devotion to picking and choosing both the companies that you're willing to work with, and then your willingness to focus on bringing new hire staff people who don't necessarily have the skill because then you have to unteach them stuff. Instead, you want the cultural values that align with yours. That's fantastic. Just so you know, one thing I'm very proud of is that for every employee we hire, I create a fund, I put it aside, which is one year worth of salary. I never hire somebody unless I have one year full of salary saved up because I, I'm not the kind of company that if I lose a client, I, I want to fire my employees. Employees have family, they have interests, they have hobbies. You cannot ruin their lives by just firing them because you don't have revenue. So it might slow down my growth because I cannot grow as fast, but I can grow with a peace of mind knowing that I'm taking care of them. That is fantastic. Absolutely. The more I talk to you, the more I uh, find that you've got fantastic set of values, my friend. That's because in Italy, you cannot fire people that easily. So I grew up with that mindset. Oh, excellent. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You brought There's a couple of good things that come from from Europe, huh? (laughs) Yes, indeed. Indeed, indeed. So look at Everybody, in closing, let's focus on a single fact, and that is that our businesses do not become miraculous, extraordinary in a single moment. Instead, they get there as a result of the owner first learning and then applying a proven combination of having the right mindset of a dedication to a system of management, and number three, leveraging high-performance teams 
whether or not they work directly for you or they're outside resources like Rocco right here in front of you that you've just met. So thanks for listening. And Rocco, once again, thanks for sharing your beautiful time with us. Thank you, Bill, and thanks for everybody listening.